This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, we were just talking about your win over Atlanta and how it didn't seem like anyone did anything extraordinary. Everyone kind of did what they do, and sure enough, that was good for a double-digit win. Is that how you see it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think first off, uh, and Coach kind of said it right after, like it's hard to, to beat the same team twice in a row in, in a short period of time. So um, they were coming off a back-to-back last night, or it was the second game of a back-to-back. Um, I think they lost the night before as well, and, and obviously, uh, you know, at that point, and, and I think they had a couple guys out as well, um, and usually teams in those situations kind of find that little bit of energy, or there's some guys that don't play that, that get to get a chance to play um, and, and bring some energy, and so obviously we were, we were ready for kind of what, what they were going to um, kind of throw at us, and um, Obviously, Kevin Herder had a good game. Obviously, he's, um, oh, he's come off the bench, I think, all this year. And that's a perfect example. A guy gets to start and he gets, obviously takes advantage of it. But I think overall, um, yeah, just getting back to us a little bit after the last couple of games. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it, it was a good game to obviously first out be at home again and, and obviously get a, a decent win and, and build off that for tomorrow, I think. So you can go Jokic on Morris on one player in the NBA. Who would it be? No comment. <laughs> Patty Mills. No, no, <laughs> no, come no, on. That's your best buddy. That doesn't count. You're no. not running over your best. No, buddy. I would. Uh, I would never do <laughs> that. That was. It was. Uh, it was interesting. I've, I've never seen him react like that. So obviously. Either some stuff was going on in the game. I didn't watch the game. I just saw the clip of it. Um, I bet, yeah, he probably feels like he gets beat up most games down in the block as well, and guys play physical with him, and he probably was <laughs> enough is enough. And he's gonna, <laughs> I think he said, I think I saw his clip of the, either the press conference or, or whatever it was, and he obviously, he actually said he felt bad, but he was, he, he'd said too, he was just defending himself. So, um, yeah, a bit too much in my mind. I think he got suspended, or he probably will get suspended. Yeah, he got one but, game. Um, and he probably knew that, and you kind of move on. Like I said, now someone in their team will, will step in and probably play well, and he'll get a bit of a break. Come on, not LeBron, Westbrook, somebody. 
Come on. No comment. <laughs> the, li- the list would be too long. <laughs> okay, that's better. Now I like it. There you go. Nah, nah, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't. No matter how mad I was, I, I don't think I'd ever react like that. So would you? Uh, you love to trash talk. Now this is this is uh, you know this is fresh information here. The next time you see one of those guys, is this out of bounds, or you, might you find a way to mention it? We play Miami pretty soon, I think. Um, and I only know that because the day game and the kids are coming. <laughs> Saturday. The Miller had told, uh, Renee had told Miller that they were coming to a game, so she's been talking about it for a few days now. So um, oh, I might mention it to uh, the Morris twin, but not in a, uh, in a negative way, but have a bit of fun with it, I'm sure. Obviously, Again, with anything, you obviously hope he's all right first. And uh, I think someone said he was walking around locker room after, so um, I'm sure he'll be he'll be good to go. But yeah, obviously, if it comes up, it comes up. The league has been cracking down on drawing fouls and all that stuff. Yeah. And there was a thing with, uh, I think it was Trey Young, and it looked like he hooked your arm and all yeah. that. And it looked like that was what they're trying to go against. Uh, what did you think of that? Did they give you an explanation? Because it seemed like that was the very thing that they're trying to eliminate. Yeah, I mean, he, I thought he clearly hooked my arm. Like, there was no other way about it. But um, I think in the in the past, he... he probably 98% probably would have been shooting or they would have given him free throws then, which is obviously more of the rule change. So I think obviously for them, they've got to determine from my understanding of the rule is they've got to determine whether he kind of engages my arm and locks it up and then it is an offensive foul or if it is obviously what they thought last night that my arm either just got caught in there or whatever it was. Um, but obviously the free throw thing is the thing that um, is getting taken away is the biggest difference in, in all of this. So, um, I mean, I, I think there was a stat or something I saw that all those players that usually shoot whatever, 8, 10, 12, 14 free throws a game is, is all down. Um, and, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, that's what they've wanted. Yeah. Um, whether it be free throws or, or whatever it is, but the, the point of... Yeah, not kind of manipulating the game, I guess, in not even in a negative way, but just uh, it's not necessarily the way we grew up playing basketball, right. like trying to find contact and, and get to the free throw line. Obviously, there was guys in the league that had found ways to, to do it and do it really well. Um, and I like kind of like, like it's kind of like credit to them. Like why, if there's a rule that you can kind of manipulate and, and get, 10 free throws off, why wouldn't you do that if you're playing the amount of minutes to, to do that? Um, it's free points, and usually most guys are pretty good at free throws. And um, so, obviously, that's the kind of the, the key behind it is just trying to, I don't know if it like opens up the game more or whatever their kind of reasoning was, but yeah, just, just more of, I guess, the, the biggest thing is it not being like a necessary, like, in my mind, as a kid, we didn't grow up doing that. We right. would. If you got fouled shooting, you got fouled. But if not, then you just play. <laughs> um, so it has been. I, I think there's. It's definitely been different, and, and guys have been trying to like. We, we've had our fair share of like 
thinking Donovan got fouled or thinking Rudy got fouled, like whatever, whoever it was at a certain time, and and they're letting stuff go. So yeah, as a as a team and as players, you've just got to figure out how they're calling the game in a particular game and for the season and, and adjust. And I think we've done a we've done a pretty good job. I think Donovan's had like one offensive foul this year through it, but but apart from that, I think we've been pretty good. So I don't I don't know if you're the perfect guy to ask this, but you're the one on our show, so I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, this offensive, you know, the whole way the game is being refereed, some people are saying, well, that's why three-point shooting is down. The Jazz numbers are, as a team have been way below. Uh, now yours, you're shooting 43%. You're, you're basically just doing what you're doing, which is why you're not maybe the perfect guy to ask this. But the Jazz numbers are down. The numbers all across the league are down. Even the teams that are shooting it, pretty well at the top of the league stats aren't where teams at the top of the league stats are. And people have said it's the new ball. People say it's the way the game is being refereed. It's definitely not the bloody ball. Let's get <laughs> off that. All right. It's not the bloody ball. Uh, some people are saying it's just a couple weeks lighting up. When you look back in two or three weeks from now, the numbers will be back to normal. What do you think about that, given you're a guy who is pretty much shooting what he shot the last few years? Yeah, I mean... Um... I mean, I like. I think. I think I said it last. Time, like, I would never blame the ball or whatever refereeing or like if I felt like I wasn't shooting well or whatever it was, I would kind of with myself and and Bailey try and figure out like what am I doing wrong or am I not getting good shots or am I taking bad shots or like why is my percentage down um, for a month or for a week or, or whatever it is. Um, I think there's some games that you. You might shoot bad in a game and it might just be like you just didn't I mean there's so many things like you didn't catch the ball right on one or you didn't just didn't have that feeling it's what what we go through is sometimes you just don't have that like kind of like that touch of like how how sometimes it feels like you're never going to miss and sometimes it feels like you can't kick it in the ocean like it's one of those things um the refereeing I don't think it plays a massive part because the rules are still like if you shoot a three and they land in your space or you get hit on the arm or the, like they kind of hit your body is like you're still getting shots for them. It, like the hooking rule and the, the they're the they're the kind of biggest rule changes, I guess. So um, I mean, I think for our team. We actually talked about it, or Coach talked about it the other day. Like, for us to have the record we're having, and I think we're up there still pretty high in, like, offensive rating in terms of how we're playing, we're still getting good shots. We're still moving the ball like we kind of usually do. There's, there's different times that we don't, and there's different times that we will shoot better than others, obviously. But um, our, our shooting... Number, I think more mainly our three point percentage is down on what it was last year and, and probably previous years. But um, the flip side of that, like we're still whatever our record is, and we're still playing reasonably well and winning games. Um, so it's like, oh, well, those for us, those numbers we feel like are going to even out eventually, um, whether it be sooner or later. Or, I think we, as a team, pride ourselves in, in trying to get the best shot every time. And I think if we keep doing that, then obviously our percent, we're going to get be getting open looks. And, and overall, we're a pretty good shooting team. If you look at our roster, so um, 
Yeah, I mean, we don't, we haven't kind of, I guess, dove into it that much. Coach will obviously bring it up at different times and, and talk about it. And um, But, yeah, I think over the course of a year and even individuals like, I mean, JC is a good example just because it's probably more of an obvious one. Like, he's had a couple of bad shooting games. Like, JC is not going to be like that all year. Like, I would be so confident in saying that, that he's, his numbers will go to where they probably either usually are or, or maybe better. And I mean, a part of it too, I think for our team is like, JC was just the sixth man of the year. Like, they're going to scout him. We were, we just had the best record. We, like, Donovan is, Don, like, guys are preparing for us. Guys are going to, teams are going to give us their best shot. Teams are going to prepare for, JC because they saw what he did last year and and what he did against certain teams and they're going to be ready for him. So we've all gone through that as individuals and and obviously as as a team. So, um, yeah, there's so many factors that kind of go into it. But I think at the end of the day, I think our numbers will always be give or take what they normally are because we do play the right way and we get good shots. And we, um, again, will more than not make those shots. How long does it generally take for new teammates to assimilate and everybody's together knowing what they're going to do? Oh, it's always different. Um, obviously, individuals sometimes take longer than others to, to pick up the whole concepts of, of how you're playing. And I mean, if you've moved around teams every year, you, it, it might even just be the wording of it. I think Hassan was saying to coach one day, like, what? what we call channel, they would call something else. Yeah. Like, it's just little things like that. That, And what they call channel might be another word that we use for something else. So as in the heat of the moment, he hears that word and he thinks we're doing something different. It's just like little, little bits and pieces. And obviously, as you guys know, our game plan is pretty um, in-depth and the, the wording is, is different. <laughs> Coach prides himself on... Um, quirky words just he even says part of it's like funny so that we probably remember it better because it is like a funny word or, or or the way he'll explain it but um yeah it always takes time and uh, i mean we're lucky we've only got really a couple new guys and um they've been really good like rudy gay obviously has mainly been watching practice and, and being involved here and there but picking things up at practice and and hassan's obviously playing in the games, Eric's playing in the game, so you pick it up on the fly some of it, but um yeah, we've we've been pretty good. You can always obviously you always want to be a little bit tighter in something or, or understand something a bit better or, or whatever it is. But um yeah, we're we're in a pretty good spot. And and again, like I said, we're we're still winning games for the most part. Um I mean you lose to a pretty tough team in Miami, obviously Chicago and Chicago and a, a young kind of energetic um, team that came out on the front foot in Orlando that we was probably more our fault than them playing. Like, we feel like if we'd done a couple more things here and there, we'd probably win that game. So, um, yeah, we, we feel like we're in a pretty good spot all, all around. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. As a guy with a family, how excited do you get when you look at the schedule and see nine out of 11 at home? You're going to be home with the kids until December. There's no long road trip. the kids. Kids. I'm sorry, my Australian <laughs> accent blows. Not as good as you are. Um, you have a quality one, PK. Yes, very, very excited. Um, I, I think especially with having 
like a whatever it was six seven day trip and then we were home for like 48 hours and then we went on another week-long trip so um i mean obviously you guys know that my family is very very much higher on the priority list than anything else and just to be able to take them to school i just dropped Miller off at school then and, and be able to pick her up later and, and take her to swimming this afternoon and, and just be somewhat regular <laughs> try and be a a regular dad that does things for his kids obviously there for his kids it's not in another state or traveling or, or doing something with his with with work so um yeah be able to spend time with jack and obviously be now with renee back from the, the marathon and all that as well just to be able to to all be home at the same time and spend some time together and um renee's mum's in town so for renee to spend some time with her mum now and um yeah it's uh it's it's very uh relaxing Ah, so the grandma has come. Is that the first time to see? Well, he's not a new. Well, he's still a newborn to an extent, but uh, what about a year? Yeah, a newborn that turns one next week. Yeah. Um, yes, first time um, of her. Well, him meeting anyone. <laughs> he's lived a pretty sheltered life this past year. Um, but even yeah, obviously for Jack to to meet her and, and obviously her spend time with her, but for Renee to see him, it's been two and a half years since she saw her mum, which is um, pretty yeah, hard. So, that long, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, the last time, this is a, probably the perfect example, but the last time she saw the twins, Jacob was nonverbal. And Jacob's ah. at a level now that, like, he speaks better than we do. Can't get him <laughs> to like shut up now. Yeah, he doesn't shut up. <laughs> He's like uh, you on the court. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like for her to hear his voice for the first time and um, like be able to ask her for things and, and talk to her, it's obviously a pretty emotional thing for her as well to, to be able to see that. But that just kind of shows you how how long it's been. And obviously we understand it's the world we live in and there's a lot of people probably going through that as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's been, Miller was pretty excited. Miller and her are, are very close and um so it's been good. She's been here for oh, coming up ten days now. She leaves on leaves this weekend. So um, yeah, that's uh, it's good. But then Renee's heading back as well. Renee will get the summer there for. She's going to go home for like four or five weeks after Christmas to see everybody else and let Jack meet the family and all the borders in Australia have started to open up. So um, life's getting to somewhat normal again. So Renee and the kids are going. They are. They're leaving me. So I'll be uh, I'll be extremely miserable for about four, <laughs> four or five weeks. So if anyone uh, wants to try and question me, that's why, and they can. I won't say the words I want to say, but um, so you'll be yeah, grouchier than normal. I will be <laughs> on some days. The first night I'll have a really good sleep and it'll be really exciting, and then I'll get over it after that. Um, but yeah, it's, they're going to go just after Christmas so we'll obviously have Christmas together because that was a bit of a non-negotiable and Renee obviously understands that I want to have Christmas with the kids and obviously Jack's, Jack's first Christmas um, but then yeah a couple of days after that they'll head home and it's summer in Australia then as well and um, I mean it's as bad as it will be for me they, they need to go home they need to see family they need to see friends and cousins and Renee's brother's got one and a half year old twins that we've never met and um, 
a lot, a lot's changed in two and a half years since the last time we were able to go home. So it'd be, so, it'd be good for her to get back and, and see everybody. Twins run in the family, then, huh? Yeah, it's kind of disgusting, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, her brother had uh, little twin girls. Obviously, we've got twins. Her aunties are twins. Her aunties are the twins had twins. <laughs> um, so her, Renee's actually got a younger sister that probably isn't exactly ready to have kids right now, but uh, is scared of the fact of <laughs> two, two out of two of the siblings have had twins and she's the third. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good times. Busy, busy, busy times when we go home. Well, Joe, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, that's all That's all out there in January. You're, you're, you're home with the kids for a few weeks now, so you can soak that up, and Jazz fans are looking forward to going to a bunch of home games. That is true. I'll probably, by the time that comes around, I'm going home, I'll probably be ready for them to leave. But then <laughs> 24 hours later, I'll be, I'll be the grumpy guy that you mentioned, grouchy or whatever you said. Yeah, gr- grouchy. Yeah, got it. I'll just come to you. Make sure uh, you guys have dinner cooked for me and stuff. Oh, I'll need oh yeah. Sure, yeah. We'll have you I've already told my teammates and all the Miller School friends' parents that any night that they want, want to have me over for dinner, I'll be more than happy to, uh, <laughs> to come over. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Now Joe's Twitter timeline will be full of dinner invitations for the month of January. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jazz fans like, come on over. We're having ribs. That'll come on good. over. We got the pasta. We're ready to go. Vegemite, but yeah, that's that a, that's be, a bridge too far. That would be awesome to have. Have you Joe tasted England. Vegemite? I don't think uh, I have. That is. Did you call me a rapper? Not good. Oh. We're hearing you unwrap your food over there, Switcher. Oh, my energy bar. I need some energy, or else I'll be grouchy. I have not had Vegemite. No, I've never. I've never been to Australia. I'm not the world can, traveler that you can been. get Vegemite in the United I'm not, States. But regardless, I'm not the world traveler. I've never been on it's a uh, charter, and I haven't been to Australia. Haven't been to Europe, haven't been to South America, all these places. I know you spent a couple of years down there. <laughs> you do not know that, because it's not true. It's <laughs> just a lie. Okay, okay, stop winking. <laughs> we all know it was Asia. Come on now. We've heard all about the... You're going to have to take a, a vacation and go to Italy. You're going to have to go to Europe. Duh. You can hit some other places, but we've heard too much about you and the Italian food over the years. you got to go to Italy. I know. I agree. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the day next. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. James Empey, offensive lineman, BYU. That final walk in the 100 yards across the Edwards Stadium, how emotional was that for you? That's a cool tradition that we do, kind of that last walk in Lavelle. And, you know, I've always thought it was cool since my first year here. And, you know, it was a cool moment and everybody decided. And like I was saying, tons of great memories, tons of great experiences, lots of lessons learned and growth here. And, you know, regardless of what the future holds, it was special. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 1280 The Zone, the question of the day. The Jazz shot almost 40% from three in the win over the Atlanta Hawks. Are they back? Is this who these guys are? You always edit my questions. It bugs me. I mean, last week you took out Friggin' on one of them. 
Just roll with it. Have some spontaneity. Have some fun. I did. That's why I edited it. Such a button up dude. I don't know. You always got to clean it up. David says the Jazz are consistently inconsistent. No, they're not. That's not true at all. He wants them to be 82 and 0. Well, that's so the 20, gone. The 20 losses are the inconsistent part to him. The best that they can be is 79 so, and 3. 79 and 3. Which is not going to happen. Oh, it'd be incredible. No. I mean, I mean, if, gosh, if I would take 25 losses, 20, certainly take 20. 25 losses, yeah, 62 and 20. Sign up for that right now. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I don't view them as inconsistent. I mean, they've been consistently missing shots, so that's consistent. Shooting 32% as a team from Not a positive consistent. Through 10 games. I think they know, too, that it's all about pacing. Now, you hear often it's all about spacing, but I say it's all about pacing. Drop the S. Right. And I usually do drop the S. Hey, oh. <laughs> 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 and pacing yourself and while still be eight and three is in a pretty good position. <laughs> that isn't that's better than pretty good. That's an awfully good spot. Yeah, the Warriors are nine and one now, right? Or yep. eight and one. You got the best one? record in the NBA. So go not go through the motions. That's too that's too casual and that's too, that's not a good representation of Anybody who plays any type of uh, but they are pacing them. they're pacing themselves they're but not in a themselves. casual manner. I agree, but they're pacing themselves. Mike Conley isn't playing back to backs. That's an example of pacing yourselves. I mean, they could go for it. There might be a price to pay later. I think in our minds, you and I minds, there probably would be a pay, uh, a price to pay for it later. So you pace yourself. And the two games he sat, it's hurt him. They've lost those games, but. They're eight and three. They got the second best record in the NBA. Yeah, what's cool is that Joe can vividly remember each loss. I'm feeling that I'm thinking that the Pelicans cannot remember each loss now. <laughs> They're just piling up. One and ten. All right, so that's not a good spot to be in. Uh, the Jazz. He, he vividly recalls, and he was right about the Orlando game. You know, play a little bit better, you probably win that. But you know, good for Orlando, the upstart team with. Young dudes doing what they do, and they got you. So be it. Uh, I like the spot of them checking off games. Yeah, and the and the good thing about it is you'll check them off, and we'll get to Christmas, right? And you'll check that off, and then you'll get to like little milestone. Martin Luther King weekend is uh, pretty much the halfway point of the season. And all star break, then you come back in March, and then you really start to hone in on it. And this is a very veteran ball club, and it's a veteran coaching staff, at least with the head coach and Alex as the assistant. Some other guys have changed, but the nucleus of the team and the coaching staff has been here for a good while now. And it's all, sort, all sorts of stability, which has defined this franchise for so many years, and I think has been a critical component for their success. And here we are. We've changed. Everything has changed. And we still have the same type of consistency. So to say that they're consistently inconsistent, I would agree. I would disagree about as much as I can disagree. Because the one thing that defines this franchise, now we're going back to multiple owners, is consistency. 
and, and doing what they do. I think my favorite in all of that was everything has changed, but they're still consistent. <laughs> right. But I get your point. They've undergone massive change in since Jerry Sloan stepped down. And, you know, with Quinn Snyder, was he in the eighth, ninth year now? How many years has he been doing this? I want to say eight. Yeah. But I'd have to look it up. Well, it'd be interesting to see how many teams have changed coaches in the time that he's been Ooh boy. Yeah. as the Jazz head coach and how many teams have changed coaches multiple times in the time that he has been the Jazz head coach. And now we'll see. Maybe there'll be some more change uh, with the new owner, but it doesn't seem like he's changing the team. You know, maybe changing some other stuff and putting his stamp on it, and that's understandable. He owns the team and do what he wants. Uh, but as far as the product on the floor, and it's only been a year, so it's not that long anyway, I don't really know that you can notice any difference of the product out on the floor. I, I don't see any. It is Quinn's eighth year. He's in his eighth season. And I think the difference in the product is it's just it's a little better. This is the first time Quinn's gotten off to an 8-3 and three start. His teams tend to start slow, then they play better, then they finish fast. And you could go back to his first year, and the, the level of what isn't good, what is mediocre, what is their best ball, that changes as the talent level of the team changes. But the way it has trended throughout the season has been really consistent. And he hasn't had a season where they've come out red hot and then gone south. So if it's eight and three, it doesn't leave you a lot of room to get better if you're going to break the season into eleven. But this is what should it, sh- it should be. They because should the be off to is, this start. The team has uh, added veterans, and the team there's more familiarity. I mean, going back to what you said about Sloan, he used to say all the time, "You got to let guys play together two, three, four years." This is a game where stuff's happening real quick, and guys just have to react and know what teammates are going to do. And you only get that when they play together over a long period of time. I think the number one reason why they got off, why I expected them to get off to this start and why they have, is Mitchell. He's better. He's a superstar. He is at the level now where he is a bona fide star. Certainly an all-star, but a candidate for first-team All-NBA. You have to look at the numbers. And you have to get past... Guys who were, but no longer are. It happens to every one of them. And the good thing about it is we've got many years of Mitchell before he no longer is. Right? LeBron James now, he's hurt. All right? He's pushing 38, right? He's hurt. Well, that's what happens when you get older. (laughs) And Westbrook is not the same player. Guys that we would normally put in that first-team All-NBA discussion anyway, whether they make it or not. But the the discussion, now we have to step back a little bit because of their advanced age and their injuries and and Westbrook uh, trying to fit in with a different team and all. So there's a new generation of guys, and Mitchell is in that generation. As far as a guard in the Western Conference that I might take over him, Doncic? Steph Curry 
or Steph Curry's 33, so even as awesome as he is right now, he doesn't have enough of a future. If I'm talking about this season, obviously he's a tremendous player, the best. You can't say enough about him. Just remarkable, but he's 33 years old. Before Twitter explodes with positionless basketball and who's a guard and who isn't a guard. (laughs) Well, I still I think we identify guards or or perimeter guys. You know, maybe there's a different term. I think the days of point guard, shooting guard, are gone. Because if you're a point guard and you can't shoot, you're not in this league playing big minutes. The game has changed. And don't we're not taking shots at John Stockton. He would be just fine today. He, he would shoot a lot more. Yeah, he wouldn't have as many assists, but he'd have more points, and he would win. He's a Hall of Famer, and that's never changing, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, so don't get all excited about that. Uh, he still has his place in the game, and it's a f- and every single player who ever touched a basketball would take his place. Uh, you maybe you had to you maybe you can gamble and and get better, Jordan, whomever, I'm sure. But I think that they're still they're still recognized. I mean, you look you look at and you listen to what Quinn Snyder says. They recognize Mike Conley as their point guard, but then they also quickly will tell you they've got Donovan and Joe, who can. It's basically point guards now have become. Offensive initiators. Yes. The OI. Right. You're not a PG. You're an OI. So no one would say, I wouldn't think, that Paul, if you, told, if you went up to people and said, Paul George, guard or forward? I think people would say forward, but he'll initiate the offense. You're saying forward because of his height. Yeah. Because he will initiate the offense. I mean, if he comes, nobody looks at on the so other team. So he's an OI. Nobody looks at him right. as, as he comes across midcourt with the ball and says, ah, don't worry about that guy. He can't initiate the. Audit. You're going to see this that. in the coming years in the basketball registry. OI, offensive initiator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just dreaming up new stuff left and right. Well, that's what they are. Can you initiate the offense? If the answer is yes, then to an extent, right. you're old school point guard. Joe again because of his height. Nobody looks at him and thinks he's a guard. But they see him coming down the right side of the floor, and they say, Rudy, and think, oh, here comes the pick and roll. That's where the designation of positions gets all blurry. Is old school. Are you... Basically, Magic wasn't... He's the ultimate. He's the, the best originator of offense in the history of the game. He is. And that's why Bolo would drop. Stockton was the best pure point guard because Magic was 6'9 and didn't necessarily defend point guards. They'd slide him over to somebody else. He'd want to try and stay in front of some 6'2 dude. <laughs> no, thank you. Hey, Byron Scott, get over here. Defend that guy. It's well, going to be really hard. I'll be over here. Yeah, Cooper would come in and do it. Uh, so, yeah, sure. But that's, what, that's the way I look at it now. And are you a prolific three-point shooter? Or you're good enough. You don't necessarily have to be prolific. If that's great, if you are, but are you good enough to? You have, can't be let. You can't. They can't. Yeah, leave Royce you. O'Neal. He's not a prolific three-point shooter, but if he's hitting a couple threes, three or four threes a game, nobody's batting an eyelash about that whatsoever, right? I'm not anymore. No, 
He's worked himself in. He's a solid rotational player, and he's able to hit some threes, and and he fulfills his role. So are you that? Yeah. I mean, that's the composition of teams now. And you you have to have guys who can initiate the offense. And the more you have, you can't you don't nearly need ten of them, but you need to have multiple. And you look at this ball club, and they've got multiple. Whenever they need them. And the great great thing about Joe is that he's content taking a lesser role in a given game as long as they're winning. But if you need him to really step it up. He's there for you more often than not. That that's a valuable member of your rotation, you know. Particularly with with Colney and will knock on wood and don't have any other injuries that are uh, serious going forward. Probably something's going to happen. I was thinking about how you said Indiana. That was that was the game last year, wasn't was it not? Was it the Indiana game that he got hurt? Yeah. Put a different spin on the end of the year. That's for sure. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, so who knows what's ahead, but you have these guys who can do that, and, and, that's, and that's what they're doing. They're, they're off to the start that I fully expected them to be off. The only surprise is they're not shooting the ball as well, and individually, it's Clarkson. But he's such an odd duck that if I was going to pick out one guy to have a shooting slump and not affect him mentally, it would be him. You know he's a streak shooter, so he's just having the bad streak now. But the hot streak will come. But doesn't it seem like, of all the players, like when Conley first got here two years ago, he was struggling. And you saw it in his body language. And he made a couple shots, and he uh, he just kind of mocked himself a little bit with a self-deprecating smile or whatever. Like, oh, finally... But Clarkson just seems like he just rolls through it, man. 0 for 15, 14 for 15. There's really no difference. 99 straight games with the three. Well, start with the obvious question. You're, you got a reaction to the streak being broken? No. <laughs> <laughs> just started laughing. I'm watching on my laptop sitting at the table. Well, I was like, what's so funny? A dude said no. And I, I've told her about him. I'm like, this guy. Oh, your baby mama? Really. My wife. Yeah. This guy's really unusual, and he's hilarious. How many NBA players would seriously consider the question? He did. There was a long pause. And then say no. There are guys who would say no, but they say no in a tenth of a second. No, I don't think about stuff like that. Well, yeah, he's, he's a, the one he's dude that I would believe it. I know. He's a different dude, and he's hilarious. Yeah. Do not miss his post games. You never I, know what he's going to do. The whole thing about, uh, you know, you go to the arena this year. Yeah, a lot. I've got a phenomenal, phenomenal Ron Boone story, stories really that I need to share. All right. <laughs> a long time ago, before I was doing morning radio with you, I was doing morning radio with Ron Boone. I love Ron Boone stories. I'm looking forward to this. We'll do it next. DJ and PK at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After 10 long, grueling weeks, it's finally a bye week for Kalani Sataki and the BYU Cougars. But just because the Cougars have the week off doesn't mean the coverage slows down on the Zone Sports Network. Keep it locked all week on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the home stretch of the Cougar football season. From Monday morning to the postgame 
press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, PK, you cheesed before the break. You got Ron. You said, yeah, I've got a Ron Boone story. And then you amended it. Stories. Yes. So these can go in a couple different directions. I would not be surprised if you had golf stories. He loves his golf. You love your golf. There's that. Or you just got some jazz-oriented stuff. I have golf with Ron Boone. Okay. This, was, this is a golf story. does not involve me. So at uh, about... 6.30 last night, I'm, I told you I watched the college basketball, mm-hmm. but I, it, it's a hard time for me to get into It's hard to get into it because I know that you know they want to build it up at the Garden and they have Kurt Herb Street with the playoff and all that, and that's great. But I look at these teams, and they're going to go to the tournament, and they're, they're high-level teams, uh, Michigan State and, uh, who was it, Kansas. So I was flicking around. I couldn't, I couldn't stay with it. I stayed with it early. Yeah. By 6, the Utes were underway, so you had that. Jazz weren't going yet. Cougars were later. So I flick around a little bit and uh, come to Golf Channel. And they have this thing called the Ace Shootout. And it's clearly in Maui, one of the islands, one of the two islands over there that I've been to. And they have two guys, two entertainers, two baseball players, two basketball players, two football players. <coughs> And they've got this, like, basically a skills challenge. You've got to, they've got, uh, like, laundry baskets set up in a pyramid about 20 yards away. And you got to try to chip it and knock off as many laundry baskets, you know, like five, oh, I thought four, they were gonna have three, to, two, you, one. I thought you were going to have to Phil Mickelson loft shot and drop it in. No, you got to hit a rocket into it and right. knock the thing over. So, you, speaking of rocket, the baseball one of the baseball guys was Roger Clemens. Oh, the rocket! All yeah. right, and uh, it was the twenty twenty one, so it it was fairly recent. And so, yeah, guys were taking six irons and just boom, hitting shots. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, chipping uh, contests, and so you you know they had circles, so you get ten points if it's a close, eight points, you know, the circles around. Mm-hmm. Stretching out and then uh, drives, uh, distance and accuracy, and they total up the points. And the basketball guys, one of the basketball guys was Ron Boone. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Ron got himself a trip to Maui to play some golf. And and he on the basket thing, he did extremely well. He hit one. And it hit just right, and it dropped like four of them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. He took off his hat. He's holding <laughs> up because there's fans there. I think it's probably family and friend, uh, fans in the area who happen yeah. to be there. I don't know if it was at Kapalua or what. I'm not sure. It looked like it was Maui to me because you can see once uh, well, the Lanai out in the distance, that other island, the small island. And uh, his playing partner was a former jazz player. Jeff Hornacek. No. This guy loves, loves, loves his golf. Mehmet Okur. No. All right, well, I'm picking guys who love golf. <laughs> so those are probably two of the guys. Darren Williams. I was going to say Darren yes. Williams. D-Well. <laughs> I was going to say. I knew you'd get it. 
Because we know Williams is loves his golf, yeah. addicted to golf. Yep. So it was the two of them were uh, representing the skills challenge. Uh, football was uh, Mark Bulger and quarterback, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the other guy. In the Rams, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And as I said, Clemens, because he was obviously identifiable. I don't remember the other guy. And the two entertainers were good golfers. There's plenty of guys who were. Oh, oh, I know. Was we entertainers was the uh, uh, Heigl's husband, Catherine Heigl. Uh, I, I know who she is, but I don't know who she married. Well, she married uh, an entertainer, and he, his brother is the lead singer for Lady Antebellum. Josh Kelly? Yeah, I guess they call him Lady... Uh, Lady A now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so both of those brothers are way into golf. So he was there uh, golfing as... I forget who the other entertainer was. So, and Bulger doing... And they're all... Obviously, they're all pretty good. So the Ron Boone night continues in my household... So I watched that a little bit, and I see him there, and you know, and I, as I said, I've golfed with him multiple times, and he's got a beautiful swing. And then I flick the channel, and I go to the NBA channel, and they're replaying Magic Johnson's first NBA game. I saw that against your San, San Diego, Diego Clippers. Clippers, and I'm sure yeah. you were a diehard San Diego Clipper fan at that time. I was, and. Ron Boone's on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Booners everywhere. Yes. So, so as I texted him. I said, this is Ron Boone night in my household. <laughs> I said, the golf was now, this year because it was 2021. Uh-huh. Ace, I say, I, guess, I assume it's Ace Hardware. I don't know, because it's just an Ace shootout. And then the, I did not know that Ron Boone, I knew he was on the Lakers. You just know it was then. I didn't know it was that very – he was on that, and he played in that game because he took his shot. The shot clock was – or the quarter was running out, and he took – he got the ball real quick, had to fire up a shot from the corner. I thought, that looks like a Ron Boone. <laughs> so – and they didn't – say and the announcers, this guy is frigging everywhere, just everywhere. The play-by-play guy for that game is Brett Musburger. <laughs> I mean, that guy. Yeah. And the color commentator, Rod Hundley. Hot. Yeah. So both of them, and that was the one uh, Abdul-Jabbar hits the hook shot uh, to and win the Magic game. Magic jumps in his arms and yeah. Kareem looks at him like, well, you calm down. And uh, Rod Hundley did the on-court interview with Abdul-Jabbar uh, talking about that. And the one thing I noticed, so I actually looked it up, is that Ron Boone? And so I called it up, and yeah. He played 15 minutes or so. He was on that team. I think Cooper was uh, Cooper was uh, first or second year, um, and they had um, Abdul Jabbar. Norm Nixon would have uh, been on that team. Yeah, was I think Wilkes was on that team. He was. Spencer Haywood. Oh, really? Yeah, who was a big name back when, mm-hmm. right? Didn't he do something about coming out of college or something early, and was one of the landmark hardship? Cases? Is that what it was? Yeah, that's how he got out early. Hardship. Yeah, yeah, and so he was on that team. Don Ford was on that team. He actually made the inbound pass to Abdul Jabbar for the hook, and it was, and and Kareem said it was supposed to be a lob to Magic, but they had that uh, covered, so he came up and he took the uh, hook shot from the right elbow. <laughs> Imagine you don't even see hook shots at, at point blank range anymore, hardly. 
and he took one was a free throw free yep. throw distance, and he nailed it, and they won by uh, they won by one. And the one other thing I noticed, and I know you wouldn't notice this, you, you don't want to get into that, but nobody had any tats. It's a different era. They were all <laughs> tat free. They looked beautiful. In that era, you would have been a, uh, a Navy veteran if you had a tat. I'm not a tat guy. Now you know, you can have all the tats you want, and I know you don't want to. You don't I grew up around way more tats than you. You don't want to judge people who have tats, and I'm not judging them either. I don't like tats. I don't know what to tell you. I don't like them. I have that right not to like them. If you want to get them, go ahead and get them. But they're all tat-free. And they all had a lot of hair, which Abdul-Jabbar has none now. He's in his <laughs> nope. 70s, is he not? Yeah. Yeah, what a player. I always thought he was, for a superstar, I always thought he was like the most underappreciated superstar because he's never mentioned for six NBA titles same as Jordan yeah NBA's all-time scoring leader yeah phenomenal player one early one in his prime one late we've never seen a player like him since have we no never seen that shot either there are some big guys who can shoot jump hooks but you don't see it really outside of five or six feet they're all right around the hoop and there's none of that plant your foot, swing left, hook right, like Chick used to say. Yeah, none which of, is just a that. beautiful move. Yeah, but nobody else does So it. graceful. So obviously so tall, but so graceful. But it took him a long time to develop it. He well, started in elementary, and he, he got developed better in high school, and then Wooden worked with him in college. So it's in one of his books. He's my all-time center, and now I'm biased, 100% biased. And there's plenty of good competition there. I, I I got it, but I Bill He's Bill Russell guy. and uh, and Will Will Chamberlain came before him, and they're not my guys. Shaq came after him. I saw, obviously I saw Shaq. Yes, yeah. I did see Shaq. All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. College football fans gather around the radio. What is the key? What and maybe not what is the right thing, but what is the wrong thing? What is the big pothole? And it's the time of year, PK, when people start driving straight into that pothole. Ouch. Avoid it. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.